0: You're listening to the M2 Podcast, featuring one of our speakers from the M2 Summit, 3rd of November 2020, brought to you by uKiwi Natural Oral Care, Woodford Reserve and Lease Plan. And speaking of understanding your target audience and who who you're talking to, would like to introduce our next guest. He is not only one of the founders of Young Shand, an agency that brings creative digital media and strategy all together under the one roof, um, but he's also prepared for today's talk by running a half-marathon over the weekend. Please welcome to the stage Duncan Shand.
1: Yeah. Yep. These are were? I think so. Great. I'm, I'm Thank underway. You. Cool. Uh, Well, thank you for inviting me here today to talk about running. Um, Running is not my usual topic uh, for speaking. Normally, I'm talking about transforming business or marketing or tech, stuff like that. So I'm really quite excited to talk about running today. Um, I do have notes because this is my first talk about running. Uh, We've also just finished our biggest quarter of the year. Business is actually really good, which I'm really thankful about. We were moving offices in the weekend and I had a little race to run on Sunday and like a typical boy, I left doing this until yesterday and finished it this morning, so I haven't quite got the whole um, memory thing nailed yet, so we'll just go with the flow, so please forgive me. Um, Technically, this talk today is about business and running, so I'm just going to start with a little bit of business stuff before I get into the running stuff, just to set some I guess, context. We started Young and Shand just over uh, 10 years ago. It was 2009. It was the middle of a recession. It was pretty grim. Um, But we had a dream run. Uh, We started it because we just felt there was a lot of momentum in the digital space. So we started a digital marketing agency. The internet was a new thing. Google AdWords was a new thing. Facebook was just starting and kind of interesting at the time. Um, So we had a dream run. We went really well. so you know, so things really took off. Uh, six years later, 2015, we were at 50 people. So things were things were great, but the wheels were definitely starting to wobble then. Um, 50 people is quite different as an organisation. You know, as you grow, tw- you know, 10s easy, 20s easy, 30. Once you get to 40 or 50, things need to change. You know, you need to need to have more experience, stronger processes in place. We started to have some divisions in the teams, a bit of difference of opinion on what we needed to do. We were stretching and going outside of our comfort zone into being a a full service agency and not sticking to our core business. Um, We also did an acquisition uh, with another agency and it didn't really work that well. And we had some clients that frankly were terrible. So there was a lot of pressure in the business and things had to change. For me personally, I was kind of holding it together on the outside, but on the inside I was the closest, closest I've ever come to really needing to get some help. So I knew I needed to change first. So there are three things I did. Um, the first was I cut down on my caffeine intake. I was drinking three, four cups of coffee a day, it gave me lots of energy, but it also fucking just, I was just going bang, 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 too fast, and I wasn't really, I wasn't really calm, I wasn't really mindful, I wasn't really settled. Um, the second thing I did was um, I, I literally started meditating every morning. So I did um, Headspace and went through the program, did 10 to 15 minutes every morning, loved it. So I did that for over two years. And the third thing I did was a little bit of fitness, and I started doing 10,000 steps every day. And I got a little bit OTT about that. And so you know, before I got to work, I had to park the car and do 3,000 steps before I got to the office. So I was really focused on doing my 10,000 steps every day. Um, I probably should have cut down the drinking a little bit, but I crossed that one off the list when I was deciding on my three things pretty fast. So I think that really kind of got me going on a little bit of fitness. And one of my clients at the time was uh, LBC, Leukaemia Blood Cancer New Zealand. And I had shaved my hair for them maybe a a year or two, maybe a year year or so before that, um, and raised a bit of money. And Prue and the team there kind of saw that as an opportunity, and they um, signed me up. What do I do here? There. Great. They signed me up for the Firefighters Challenge. Um, So I said, yep, I I was into this. I was was feeling pretty good. I was doing my 10,000 steps every day. I thought this would be a a good challenge. So I said, yep, and uh, joined the team. So I got into a little bit of training. Now, I, I, I'm, I, I haven't really done any training before, I'm not really a fitness guy, uh, but I thought for this, climbing whatever it is, 53 uh, flights of stairs up the Sky Tower, wearing 30 kilos of, a, of uh, fighter fighters equipment, including a, a, gas, uh, a, a um, an oxygen tank on your back, I thought I needed to do a bit of work, so I did. So um, I did this, it was, it was fun, it was great. Um, I managed to do it. There were two objectives I had. Oh, that's that's the that's the before. That's pretty exciting, Um, and that's the afterwards. That was the hardest thing I had ever done um, in my life at that point. So I had two objectives. One was getting up alive, um, and the second one, on the day, uh, there's only 20 people that aren't firefighters that ever do the Firefighters Challenge um, every year. Um, Wendy Petrie was one of the other ones, and she was behind me. They set you off in 30-second gaps. 30 seconds, you go. 30 seconds, the next person goes. So my second objective was to beat Wendy Petrie. Um, Now, Wendy is a runner, so that wasn't an easy job. She runs. She runs marathons, so I knew I had a hard task, Um, and, of course, they weren't really the photographers and the paparazzi in the back weren't looking for me. They were looking for Wendy. Um, so, but anyway, so that that was my first, I guess my first competitive event. Um, a year later, uh, my younger brother, Jake, he signed up for the Auckland Marathon. His sister-in-law had had done the London Marathon. She had a baby. She wanted to get in shape again, and he was pretty impressed by that. So he signed up for the Auckland Marathon. He wanted to get in shape, and so he did that. And um, over a bottle or two of red wine, he really needled me to say, hey, you know, you're getting a little bit old. I think you kind of turned 50 this year. If you don't do it now, you'll probably never do it. Wouldn't it be nice to do together? And I was like, yeah, nah. Um, but I did think about it, and I started to go for a few runs. And I don't run. I'm not, I think I said that before, but I'm not at school. I was not into sports. I hated cross country. I was, in, I was not in any competitive teams. It was not my thing. So, but I did quite like the idea. So I went for a few runs. I ran you know, 3Ks, 5Ks, and um, was thinking about it. I hadn't committed, um, but I was kind of thinking about it. One day I decided I had to do something more. So I went out for an 8K run. I remember that day quite well, I was running around Western Springs Park, and that, that little voice on your shoulder was going off on my head going, stop, you can't do this, there is no way you'll get through a marathon, please stop, go home. Um, now in my 30 years of working in corporates and agencies, I've done enough professional development to know um, right there and then that that was a self-limiting belief screaming into my head. So it was kind of really interesting we talk about these things but right there and then I thought ah I know what that is so I said fuck off um and I just started I started going no you can do this. You can run. You can, you can run long. You can run hard. You, you'll do okay. So I just started talking back to this voice in my head, and I ran for 12K, and I, I got home, and I signed up that night for the marathon. So that's my you know, lesson number two. First lesson, look after yourself. Second lesson, um, uh, uh, don't listen to those self-limiting beliefs. Third lesson, set some goals. So I decided I was going to do it. So, I started thinking about you know, what, is it, what does it take to do a marathon and started reading about it a little bit. There were two things, interesting things that I found out. Um, only 25% of people that run a marathon are over 50, so I thought, yep, I can tick that box. The second fact was only 25% of people that run a marathon do it under four hours. So that became my objective. So I started training um, and I really got into it, I was really enjoying the training. It was great. I was, I was into it and um, uh, it, that went pretty well. Um, it was the night before the, the race, and um, I, I went around to a friend's house, um, Earl. Earl is a great runner. Earl has run sub-three-hour uh, three marathons uh, in his time, and he said to me, Duncan, what time are you going to do? And I said, well, I, I'm aiming for under four, and I think I can, I can probably go under 3.45, and maybe I, I might get near uh, 3.30 if I'm lucky. And he said, Okay. When I ran the London Marathon, there were four of us, and we went out to the starting line in a, in a van, and I said to the guys, so what time are you gonna do? They all said, maybe this, possibly that, or I'd like to do this. And he said, none of them did it. And he said, I said, I'm gonna do under three hours, and he did it. So he said, you know, you've got to be specific with your goal and set a time before you go out on race day. So I said, okay, I'm gonna do under 3.30. So, you know, I think, you know, lesson number, what am I up to? Number three, uh, no, four, public commitment and set a specific goal. So that's what I did. I said, I'm going to do under 3.30. So we went out, and on the day I did 3.21. So I was pretty happy with that for the first marathon. So that was good. Um, Now... Running marathons is kind of really interesting, and I think you know, that was definitely, uh, that, that was definitely um, hard, and I felt the pain the whole time. And running marathons is a, is a real challenge. Um, and the, the biggest things about running a marathon is the uncertainty that comes with it. Um, in training, you never run a marathon. You only ever run up to about 32, 33, 34, 35 Ks, you never run a marathon. It takes four weeks for your body to recover from uh, the impact of actually running the marathon in the first place. So you can't run a marathon in training, otherwise you can't do any more training. So it's quite a quite a weird thing. Um, and I think that's one of the real beauties about running the marathon is that going into the unknown and not knowing whether you actually make it or not, that last 10 minutes is a real Quest. Um, there are so many things that can go wrong in a marathon. You can eat wrong. You can train badly. Um, you can, you know, you can, uh, you can just fall over. Um, and there's always pain. You know, you know, you'll have a calf go. You'll have a, your thighs hurt. Your feet will hurt. There is always something hurting, and you've got to learn to live with that pain. I, I think I'm forgetting about the slides. That's my brother before the start of the Auckland Marathon. Um, so, yeah, that's the Auckland Marathon again on the bridge. And now it's Queenstown. So, we did Auckland. And um, after I did Auckland, I decided um, I'm kind of quite into this. I do, I, I, I'll, I'll do a marathon every year. So, we signed, I signed up for the Queenstown Marathon. And, you know, Queenstown was interesting. And I, I literally fell down. Uh, in, in the Queenstown race. Queenstown was a, a tough challenge. Um, it's 60% hillier than than Auckland, and 70% of it is on trails. It's on gravel and mud, so it's, it's quite a hard course to run. Um, so my challenge there was to try and run a faster time from Auckland on a harder course. One thing... Uh, With Auckland, uh, one thing I really did differently was to really focus on sort of an 80-20 running. I read a few books, and in business we talk about the 80-20 principle all the time, and so I started to apply that to my running. With running, they say 80% of your running should be easy easy, light and smooth. Don't make it tough. It's easier on the training and you push yourself 20% of the time and that's where the challenge is. And I think you know that's that's something that we should think about in business too. 80% of the time, business should be e- easy. It should be smooth. We should be clear about what we're doing. We should have everything documented and processes clear so the team knows what we're doing. But 20% of the time, we all need a tough challenge, a new project, that's where the opportunities are. So that's kind of what I started to apply in the running uh, for Queenstown. So Queenstown was about 80% easy running. Running long, running smooth. Um, In my head, I was trying to improve that time. I was trying to get from 3.21 to closer to three. I started to think about doing a three hour marathon. On the day, I went out way too fast. Um, I figured I needed to get close to 1.30 if I was gonna have a shot at doing uh, three. And I did I, I did three, I did 131 in the half, uh, but then I, I just couldn't hold it. Um, the body, uh, body was just sort of uh, body was tough and it, it had to just guts it out for that second half of the marathon. Um, I did okay though. Uh, I came in I still managed to knock 10 minutes off and I came in at 3:11 for that, for that marathon. I crossed the finish line and I could barely walk. Um, I started to walk to watch. Mark come in, who, who ran it with me, and literally fell over and lit, just fell down. Legs didn't work, and I'll always be thankful to a, a, a strange Canadian man that massaged, massaged my legs for about 10 minutes after, after that to get me walking again. So, um, so that was great. Um, so I think, you know, the, the great thing with about running is there's always another challenge. Um, after Queenstown, I still couldn't get my... The, couldn't get the idea of a sub three-hour marathon out of my head. So I started to think about that um, But this is this has been a tough year so You know it's hard with two lockdowns to kind of you know focus on your business and then and, and put the commitment into running but I did go and see a, a coach because I knew after failing in my head failing in Queenstown to get close to that three hours I I I I, I needed some help to figure out what to do next. Um, the coach said, you know, if I really want to have a crack at three, I need to be running 80 kilometres a week uh, from next week. And at that point in time, I was running about 30. And I thought, "Oh, that sounds hard. So so together we came up with another plan, and that was to run a fast half this year. So that's what um, I signed up to do in Auckland. Oh, there you go. Great. Excellent. Someone's doing that for me, I think. Um, so that was good. So that was that was what... We set out to do last week. Now, to do a sub, sub three-hour marathon, you've got to run 42.2 kilometres at 4 minutes and 15 seconds per kilometre, which is pretty tough. I ran Auckland at 4:46, and I did Queenstown at 4:30. So you have to bring your pace down quite a lot from there. So the idea of doing the half was kind of a slingshot to get running fast and feel what that was like. Um, Coach said you had to do, you really have to do about 1:24 to be able to do sub three marathon. Um, And on the day, we decided the plan was to aim for 1:26. So that's what I did. That's what I set out to do. Um, I didn't do it though. We had, I had about two or three things go wrong and they're all my fault. Um, we're in the middle of moving offices. So on Friday, we were packing up. On Saturday, we had the movers in. And both of those they're my two days I'm not meant to be doing anything. And I'm looking at my watch going, fuck, I've done sixteen thousand steps and thirty flights of stairs, carrying shit down three, three flights because there is no lift in our building and no air on our building. So it's quite hard work. And on Saturday I thought, okay, I'll go in here and I'll do no work today because the movers are there. But it's really hard when you've got six big burly movers, movers there and you're trying to not do any work. So again, I I kind of overcooked it a little bit the day I was meant to be doing nothing. And then on the day, the race plan was really specific. Five kilometres slow, and then go fast. So he wanted me to do five kilometers slow. And I, you know, the start of a race is really exciting. The middle of the race is really hard and the end of the race is the jubilation and, and excitement about finishing is fantastic. That's what gets you there. And I just got caught up a little bit too much in the start and I overcooked it again, ran a little bit too fast. So it didn't quite follow the race plan. So um, at the end of the day, I came in at uh, 1:27, so I was about a minute and fifty off off target, which was four oh nines, which still I was still pretty pleased pleased in. So right now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do sub three, but I'm still going to give it a crack. Um, I think with more training, help from the coach, and finding the right flat course, um, I might I might be able to do it. So you know, I think. Having, having big goals even though you fail from them is really important. So the last, last kind of, I guess, lesson is persistence and failure. You know, I think, you know, working really hard and learning from your, your mistakes is important. I think, you know, we've been in business now for 11 years. There's been, we've had highs. We've had really deep lows. Um, but I think if you have a really clear vision about what you're doing, you work really hard at it, um, with, with with a lot of persistence, and you learn from mistakes, then I think just about nine times out of ten, you'll pull through and do well. That's it. Thank you.
0: Oh, look. Thank you very much. I won't ask you too many questions about running because it will just make me feel guilty, but... Uh, there's some awesome crossover between the lessons from the marathon side and then the lessons from the business side. And I was thinking the whole way through that, that the failure is a really important part of it. You know, testing testing your own humility, even if you end up being massaged by a Canadian guy. But, you know, that that failure is really important. And it is, it's easy to say, you know, you, to learn from that. But we don't i don't know if we do that well here no. so what advice would you have for whatever the failure is you know actually picking yourself up and then and learning from it i think it's a it's a mindset thing i i
1: think we are we are almost programmed to not try a lot of the time to not talk about what we want to do to not make a commitment about it to not put ourselves out there to do it so we don't fail right so i think the the big thing is is Giving, giving things a go and encouraging people to give things a go, because the more experiences that we have and the more times we try, they're all learning opportunities. So mm. I think, it's, I think it's, a, it's a change in mindset from you know, your group or your friends or your community
0: or your family. Mm. And speaking of change in mindsets, can you, can you talk a little bit, like if we go to the marketing side of things in that world, you know, what's the sense in terms of the public sentiment out there now? Oh, I, I, it's
1: really it's you know it's been a really interesting year and I, and, and to me I think it, you know the only way forward is to be positive about what we're doing mm. so you know it, no one is going to win in this world by taking a step back yeah. um, and not investing and not trying to get ahead and not growing so I think it's it's about being positive um, you know we're really lucky uh, as a business and a lot of that is to do with our mix of clients so we were very lucky not to have any tourism or events, or retail clients that we really took a big hit in that first lockdown. We were we were very fortunate there, and but all of our clients are, are feeling strong and feeling positive, and uh, and we are way more positive and way more um, bullish about where we th- obviously I think as a country than where we thought we would be. Hmm. So I think it's about you know if we can maintain some of that and be
0: positive going forward, I think we'll be good. We were touching on some insights from Yawel yeah, before, you know, in terms of some of the psychographic stuff, like the focus on New Zealand made and, and you know, the environment. Is there any advice that you would give to, to companies, apart from hiring yourself as an agency, yeah. which might not be a bad thing, but any advice in terms of how people communicate with their, with their target markets now, with their communities?
1: Yeah, I think one thing that I really want encouraging all of our clients to do is to be purposeful. So you know, it, it's um, you know, being woke takes a little bit of a bashing these days. But mm. I think we're in a generation that want to see companies doing more than just trying to make products and make profit. I think you know, we all want com- uh, to, we all want to support companies that are making a difference. So if, if you can make a difference with what you're doing and focus on that, and then and and then embrace that, I think that's, that is the number one job to do.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. Cool. Thanks, Andre. Thank you. You're listening to the M2 Podcast, featuring one of our speakers from the M2 Summit, 3rd of November, 2020, brought to you by Ukiwi Natural Oral Care, Woodford Reserve, and Lease Plan.